Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, president of Paradigm Security, and we're excited to kick off our show, as we've been doing here in the recent past and on Business Radio X. Each week, we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County and the state of Georgia. All businesses have security concerns, though not all about physical security, and we will touch on that when we go through this in places. We're going to focus on all aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today, I am pleased to have Tim Early. He's CEO of Make-A-Wish Georgia. I know a lot of people have heard of Make-A-Wish and know of it nationally and just the kind of the tag on it. But a lot of people don't realize that there is a -A Make-A-Wish Georgia that is focused on what happens here in Georgia and in the local areas, including Gwinnett. But, uh, Tim, how about uh, introducing yourself and tell, telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so good morning, Rick. Thanks for having me on the, the show today so we can talk a little bit about Make-A-Wish Georgia. Um, excited to share that with you. As you mentioned, um, there's a lot of people that know or, or at least are somewhat familiar with Make-A-Wish uh, in terms of the national brand and what we do. And what we do is we grant wishes for children with critical illnesses. Uh, what a lot of people don't know um, is that there is a -A Make-A-Wish Georgia. And while we are affiliated with a wonderful and national brand, uh, we are our own 501c3. Uh, All of the money that's raised in Georgia stays in Georgia, and it goes for granting wishes for children throughout the state of Georgia, including right here in Gwinnett County. Um, So for me personally, um, and how I got to Make-A-Wish Georgia, um, it's it's been a really interesting journey for me. So I was actually in management consulting for about 10 years, was traveling a lot, working long hours, uh, doing all kinds of different new and exciting projects. Uh, and I loved it. It was, it was great experience, uh, some gr- a great time, but, but I hit a point where my wife and I were beginning to have more kids and I was looking to do something different. And I, I call it, uh, I was going through what I call my, uh, use my powers for good face, right? I, I just, I wanted to try to do something different. And the idea of working for a nonprofit was something that became of interest to me. And so I, I decided it was time to, to make a shift. And I was looking at some different opportunities and I found a role uh, initially at the American Cancer Society. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing led to another, I, I ended up in this role. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I was a little bit hesitant about it at first, right? Because I was, here I was, I was, you know, in, in management consulting, which is an entirely different world. And as I hesitated, I remember having a conversation with my wife about this, you know, I said, Hey, this is going to be different. And, um, you know, her, her comment to me was, you know, this is something you've been talking about for a long time. I think you just bite the bullet and do it. And, uh, and let's see what happens. So I went into, uh, the cancer side with a very definitive two year plan. I was going to go in, I was going to work for a nonprofit for two years, I was going to feel good about what I was doing, pat myself on the back, go back out into management consulting and, and start trying to make some Been there, done design. that, you say. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, I ended up at ACS for eight and a half years. My two-year plan completely fell apart. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I got the bug. I, it was working with volunteers. It was meeting some of the folks who are mission impacted. 
and you it, find the passion and it starts just energizing itself. That's right, Rick. And I mean, the passion becomes the most important thing. And so a few years later, I got a call about uh, the CEO role at Make-A-Wish Georgia. And I think like, like many people listening, I, I knew of Make-A-Wish and I, but I think my, my understanding was, was fairly rudimentary. Um, it was that they, they helped sick kids. There's actually a lot of people who believe it's terminal kids. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Uh, a, a lot of our kids, unfortunately, are terminal. Uh, but many of our kids go on to lead long, happy, healthy lives. Uh, in fact, that we, we believe some of the wishes we grant contribute to that as well. They're just going through a really, really, really tough physical stage in their life. Absolutely. Medical. Physical mental emotional uh, and it's not just the children it's the it's the families as well um that that are all going through this and my first week on the job at make-a-wish georgia uh, i had the uh, honor and the pleasure of meeting a young girl named lakayla lakayla was a 17 year old uh, stage four cancer survivor and uh or stage four brain cancer and um her wish was to perform, uh, perform in front of a crowd and to produce a live video of a song that she had written about her battle with cancer. And she's an amazing young woman, amazing singer. And I'd been on the job for four days, and they said, hey, we want you to come out, and we want you to introduce LaKayla for this concert. And you know, I barely knew what I was doing. Um, <laughs> didn't really understand how the whole thing worked yet, but you know, they said, hey, Tim, this is your job now. you got to go out there and, and do it. So, okay. <laughs> that's right. So... I went out, I met, I spent some time with LaKayla and I will tell you, uh, when I met her backstage, you know, she was having a rough day. Um, you know, I think just, just tired, uh, not feeling a hundred percent, but when we went out there and I introduced her and she came around the corner and you just heard that crowd pop and this young woman just brought it right full on. She came out there. She sang her song with so much energy and passion. I, I get goosebumps right now, just still talking about it. That's cool. And uh, during her performance, you know, and you've got people out in the crowd. They're singing. They're laughing. They're crying. Her family disappears into the back row. And as she wraps up her song, these signs go up in the back. It says, your wish has been granted. And the video starts rolling uh, that that we had already produced for her. She thought it was going to be another six months down the road. And there it was. Awesome. awesome. It's CGI it had dragons, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, it was pretty amazing. I, I knew right then I, I had probably you were hooked. the best job. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, when you look at make a wish, Georgia, you've kind of explained a little bit about what they do, but, um, you know, how did, and that's how you started. How did make a wish Georgia come about? being spent that is it something that was created here in georgia is it every state that has a make a wish is it localized by county or is it statewide so uh a few parts to that question so let me let me go back in time a little bit to Mm -hmm. where it all started that was in 1980 in phoenix arizona there was a young boy named chris gracious he's about seven years old he was dying of leukemia and his mom uh had a friend um, named Tommy Austin. Tommy was a U.S. Customs agent. And I've had the chance to meet, I met Chris's mom, I've met Tommy. And the way the story goes is Tommy was out in the Arizona desert on a stakeout in the middle of the night. And he says, you know, there's uh, uh, a, a lot of time that goes into a stakeout. And you, you might know some of this just from some of your past experience, Rick. 
Um, oh, yeah. And he was out there and he was talking to a buddy of his with the Department of Public Safety for Arizona. And he said, look, Chris is having a real tough time. Um, we're not sure how much longer he has, uh, but we also know that he has had a, a dream of being a police officer and chasing bad guys. That's what he wanted to do. And he said, do you think there's anything we can do to help? And then they got together and said, we got to figure out something. And one thing led to another, uh, different conversations with uh, different law enforcement bodies, different government officials, community as a whole. And all of a sudden they'd put together this wonderful experience and day for Chris and he became an honorary Arizona state patrolman. Um, it, and it was one of these things where the media came out, I think they had helicopters, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and he has a very own Arizona state patrolman uniform as well. He, uh, it, it was beautiful and, and it's a wonderful story. Um, Chris unfortunately passed away soon after that. Uh, he was buried in his uniform Um, And what the volunteers that were involved in this wish realized, I think, pretty quickly was there's something very special that that happened here. Um, And then I think somewhat organically from there. It's like we can do this for others. We can do it for others. That's right. And so you would have other kids that were in need and these wishes would, would continue to develop. Uh, Make-A-Wish Georgia was founded in 1995 by a woman named Debbie Tillman. And uh, our first wish was a young boy named Aries, which was to meet the Atlanta Hawks. And from that point on, we've continued to grant probably close to 8,000 wishes since that time, just here in the state of Georgia. That is that is awesome. What um, You know, there's got to be a lot of challenges in doing this and setting up. What would you say are probably some of the was it basically the challenge of how to make it happen when you're looking at it and just you get the wish and you're saying, you know, then you got to sit down and figure out how do we make this happen? How does that go about happening? Yeah, so we have so all of our kids are referred to us, first of all, right? So they're either referred. Usually it's through a medical provider is how they get referred into our into the Make-A-Wish system uh, or the parents may refer them. Uh, occasionally the child, if they're old enough, might self-refer. Uh, and all of our children are between the ages of two and a half and 18. It's good to know. And uh, they'll come into us, and uh, we have volunteers that go out. That's the first interaction that a lot of these families have um, with Make-A-Wish Georgia. It's these volunteers that go out, and they are trained to basically understand what is the ch- child's true heartfelt wish. Once we get that, the challenge is there's a few. It's figuring out, okay, how are we going to make this wish happen? Uh, a lot of the wishes, you know, if you look at each one I- individually, um, they can get rather expensive, right? And so sometimes if you look out there, you'll see that the average cost of a wish is about $10,000. But I'm always very careful to tell people right away that, that might, that's the overall average, or average cost. But one of the first things we do is we create a budget for it. We look at all of our community partners. We see who can help. And we immediately start saying, what can we get for free? And we start Absolutely. knocking that cost down. Um, and, and depending on what that wish is and depending on who some of our relationships are in the community, uh, we're able to make so many of those wishes happen. I bet part of the challenge would be, at least the way I see it, is you, you hear someone tell you what the wish is. But it's not really what they're telling you is the wish. There are probably much more underlying things that when you dig into it, the real wish is not what they said. 
That is 100% right. Uh, so we have, I'll give you a great example. A lot of our, a lot of our kids wish to go to Disney World or on a Disney cruise. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, national partnership with Disney World. And, you know, there, there are some people out there who, um, you know, a lot of us go to Disney at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of these families maybe don't have the means to do that. Uh, and so what makes that so special? Well, it's not always just whatever the actual wish is. You know, I always tell people, if I take my four kids to Disney World, it's not the same as Absolutely. going to Disney World with Make-A-Wish. Um, and, and with every wish that we do, it's the experiences in and around surrounding that wish that make it so special. Um, so I was, uh, I was doing a live TV spot one day. Uh, with with a young girl and her father and her wish was to go to Disney World and and so before we were just preparing the family for the interview before we went live and we were saying what was your favorite part of the trip and her answer at the time was it was meeting all of the princesses princesses spending their spending time with them when we actually went on air uh, the reporter asked okay so what was your favorite part about Disney and she said orange sherbet we all kind of pause and we look at each other. <laughs> Orange Sherbert. What happened to the princesses? Um, but we, we went with it. And she went on to explain. They stayed at a place where a lot of our families do called Give Kids the World uh-huh. by Disney. At Give Kids the World, they start serving ice cream at 730 in the morning. Awesome. It goes throughout the day. <laughs> and what she went on to explain was that every morning at 730 a.m., her and her dad went downstairs and had Orange Sherbert. For breakfast the two of them together and that was the moment for her that really stood out and i could we could look at all of these wishes that we do and a lot of times it is those experiences and those communities and, and all those things coming together that really make them so special how many um requests for this type of thing do y'all get per year on average so if you want to talk about the challenges we face for Make-A-Wish Georgia, this, this is the biggest challenge. I right now have more than 800 kids in the state of Georgia who are in what, what we call our pipeline, who mm-hmm. are, are waiting for wishes to be granted. Last year, we granted 360 wishes during, during our fiscal year. This year, we're looking to do about the same. I need us to get to a point where we're granting, I mean, honestly, probably well over 500 a year just to keep that pipeline moving forward. Um, so yeah, right, we I mean we're 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 fortunate to live in a state where we have a wonderful children's health care system. We have a lot of other organizations out there doing wonderful things for children, uh, but the referrals and the rate of referrals that come in, it's quite high for Make Wish Georgia, much higher than what you might see in in some other states. And so one of our challenges is how do we balance our resources? How do we generate enough revenue to make sure that we can keep up with that growing rate of referrals? Well, I would think also that just moves into the next question that I had for you is how do you how do you pick how do you make the decision on the on a is it a priority basis how do you make the choice of which one do you grant which one do you put in the pipeline move forward in the funnel yeah it's a great question so first with regard to which wishes are are in essentially right we have national guidelines that uh, we all follow, all chapters follow, uh, that define the, the type of illnesses and conditions and criteria that would qualify for, for a wish. Once we have that and then and we have this pipeline, uh, our, it, it then is a matter of, okay, what is the wish? How are we going to grant it? And when are we going to grant it? If we do have uh, 
a child who is in uh, very serious condition, uh, it moves to what we call a rush wish. And as soon as we identify that, it's front of the line. And we do everything we can to make sure that that wish happens. Especially if you get one that's it's obviously a terminal case that's going to be, you know, has a timeline of the, their own. If it's something that you really want to do that you, you can do, then you move it on up to the front of the line and get that get that taken care of. That's right. The rush wishes all all go to the front of the line because we know we know how important that that it is. Uh, in some cases, as you said, if if the child's terminal, um, it's important that we give them that moment. Well, they that experience. they have a specific timeline, right? So you kind of have to do away with your timeline and make it their timeline. That's right. That's absolutely right. And so we'll do whatever we can to adjust and work around that timeline. You know, we'll even have doctors sometimes. So it's not always a child that's terminal. We'll, we'll have doctors that call us and they may say, you know, hey, uh, this child is going to be getting on a plane next week and heading to you know, New York, let's say, for a, a specific treatment. We really think that this is something that could uplift them and help them in their, get through. In their treatment. Yeah. And so in those cases, we'll, we'll do what we can to expedite those wishes as well. Well, a lot of times getting their, their spirits lifted and getting this this sensation of happiness, if for lack of a better way of putting it, then it helps as they look forward to the treatment. They enter the treatment with a more positive attitude, which helps their treatment. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, that's something we all, uh, we all kind of intuitively know, right? These wishes, they give the families joy, as you said, uh, happiness, respite. Maybe a sense of normalcy. Exactly. I think that's cases, even a better right? way of putting it, a sense of normalcy. Yeah, we talked to, I talked to so many WISH families, the parents especially, where when they're looking back and describing the WISH experience, uh, they're reflecting on what it did for their family as a whole. Uh, I had a letter I read from a WISH mom not too long ago, and the letter starts off talking about the impact of this WISH, which was around like a family camping trip, and the impact that it had on their sick child. But what that letter evolved into was the impact that it had on the sibling. It was a chance for the sibling to move from caregiver to brother, to playmate. And it was a chance for mom and dad to see their kids. Interact the way that kids interact. You got it. Jumping up and down on a bed, playing, wrestling, all the things that that they should be doing that, that maybe they don't always have the, the chance to do. Have you, have you got one wish in particular that really pulled at your heartstrings other different? Maybe it may even be one of the ones you've already talked about. Uh, you know, it, it's, so that's a tough question. Um, oh, because yeah. they're all, you know, once you get to know any of these families, um, they all, they all hit you in a, in a different way. But I will tell you a story from, from last year. We had a young boy named Zayden. Right. And so this one, because th this is going to get at a, a number of the things that uh, people might want to ask and understand. So uh, Zayden from Augusta, Georgia. Zayden's wish was to blast off on a red rocket ship, travel through outer space, see shapes in the stars as he went, land on the planet Saturn. Right. We know this scientifically hard to do gas surface, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, while he was at Saturn, did I mention, Rick? He wanted to meet a little green alien named Bebo that he got to interact with and who only said, Bebo. So 
that's interesting. It is. We, this, we, we this also I got to hear. We also need to caveat that Zayden had a, a heart condition. Uh-huh. Um, he had four open heart surgeries, 33, I think it was, catheterizations, and wow. his young life is about eight years old around the time of this wish. So these are all things that, uh, and, and not to mention, he had some sensory issues. So doesn't like loud noises, doesn't like things that shake, all things not conducive to some space like travel. Autism, right. Sounds like. Uh, yeah, perhaps. I've right? got a grandson that has a little bit of those issues. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and so we, and so a lot of our kids, um, you know, we have kids that, uh, have autism as well. And quick side note, right? So we also, when we're looking for volunteers, uh, sometimes it's you know, looking for volunteers that uh, are also interacting with kids, um, with autism and other types of, you know, maybe sensory issues or, uh, some cases it's just different language. So lots of skill sets and stuff we're looking for in our volunteers there as well so getting back to Bebo yeah so <laughs> so we you know we sit down and back to your earlier question too around how do you grant the wish we sat back and we said how are we going to make this one happen for Zayden and around that time we'd been talking to some different folks in the community um, that were in the virtual reality space and we are a chapter so when I got there, I said, one of the things we're going to do as a chapter is we're going to provide, provi- we are going to pride ourselves, excuse me, on innovation. We will be known as one of the most innovative chapters. Taking that different path. That's right. That's right. And so we'd been having these conversations with, with a number of uh, startups and, and folks in the Atlanta and uh, throughout Georgia, really. And um, we started talking to these, uh, these great individuals at a company called Trick3D, and they do virtual reality. We had a 10-minute audio conversation of Zayden talking to his mom, describing what this whole experience would look like, and we shared it with the folks at Trick3D. And we were able to create this very customized experience for Zayden's wish. Everything from the time he took off on this red rocket ship, traveling through outer space, doesn't matter scientifically, right, what what Saturn is. This was Zayden's version of Saturn. And there was water and trees and rainbows. And when he got there, there was this little green alien right out of his imagination that came out and was in front of him. So the technology, the innovation, the creativity, that's all, that's cool, right? That's, we all get really excited about those elements of it. But then what really made this wish special was the same thing that makes every one of our wishes special. It was the community. As word got out about this wish, not too unlike what happened with, with Chris, right, mm-hmm. in the, the Arizona story I told earlier. Uh, others wanted to get involved. How can I help? Uh, Dobbins Air Reserve Base, which is not, not too far from our office, they got wind of it. They said, you guys should do this wish here. So we got to grant his wish inside one of the hangars, you know, where they uh, awesome. typically park those, those big airplanes and um, C-130s and such. Uh, so, and they were great partners with that. And when Zayden's wish came true, you know, Zayden shows up at Dobbins full flight gear. He got to sit in on a flight briefing with the team at Dobbins. Um, when he, he went on his journey inside the, the hangar and look, I, I was in the hangar when they were designing it, you know, right. I'm in my, you know, I'm, I'm mid forties. And when I'm sitting in the hangar, I might as well be a seven year old kid because it's that cool. That cool. Isn't that yeah. amazing? Um, it, when Zayden comes home from Saturn, those three story hangar doors just open up and he walks out. You have 200 servicemen and women standing there with wow. a C one thirty that they decided to park in front of the doors waiting for him on the way home. Um, also that morning, um, 
we had some connections with the Cobb County Police Department. And they've been big supporters of, of our chapter as well. And we said, hey, we've got this young man named Zayden. Could you guys help get, a, get him from the hotel to the base? I said, look, we'll put the word out. We'll see if we can get one of the guys to escort him over. We get a call from the assistant chief that morning. He says, look, I've got seven SWAT Suburbans at the hotel. The I guys want to go full lights and sirens the whole way. And they were fantastic. And so it's all of these different components that become part of Zayden's experience. So two things that will, I think, drive this home for you and why this, you know, kind of emotionally really gets to you. We got a text at one point from Zayden's mom that said, I cannot thank you guys for, for what you have done. Uh, and it's not just us. It, it's, it's the community. She said, for seven years, I've seen my child cry many tears. Tonight, the first time they were tears of joy. Awesome. Right? Um, another comment she made that was very profound, uh, they came and, and spoke at one of our events, and she said, you know, Zayden wasn't going to have the opportunity to, he wasn't going to play football or soccer and you know any of these types of sports where he was going to be in front of a big crowd and they were cheering for him this was his moment right we had uh, communities that were out there cheering for him um all along the way and uh you know so what we saw it do for zayden and his family what we saw this wish do for an entire community it's it's just powerful I'm just trying to see, um, trying to think of a few other things that I had. I, of course, I'd had a lot of stuff rolling mm -hmm. around in my mind. Um, I know from a security aspect, let's just kind of look at that for a second. You know, I mentioned earlier, a lot of times there's security in some way involved, whether it's not necessarily physical. It might just be the fact that you want your your people that get the wishes you want them to have the security of feeling that they actually have accomplished what they wanted. For them, that it, it's, a, it's a security issue. Do you ever have any security issues that evolve around any of this stuff that you that you have to plan for? I think with uh, with all of the wishes we grant, um, there's going to be elements of that. You know, for us, we have children and families that are dealing with a lot. And mm -hmm. so when we're granting these wishes, whether it's a wish to meet someone, to be someone, to travel somewhere, uh, their safety is of paramount concern for us. Uh, the, the number one priority for us is always the wish child and their family. And so whether that is making sure that we have the right things in terms of medical attention and equipment or the ability maybe to access mm -hmm medical equipment medical professionals uh quickly and efficiently uh, are all things that we have to be and are very buttoned up on when we're when we're granting these wishes so everybody you you kind of have every all the contacts made all the all the plans and the the, the pre-planning is done so that you're prepared for anything that might go wrong with these kids physically but also in, as far as just making sure they're safe everything is just planned out for them that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, and we do as much as we can. But then when you have uh, unforeseen circumstances, like so let's say we have a family that is 
maybe they're on a, a Disney cruise or, or maybe they were down in, in Florida last year when, when some of the big hurricanes were rolling in. Mm-hmm. You know, we're immediately in touch with those families. We're in touch with the, our local partners, um, whoever that might be in those situations to make sure that, okay, we know what the situation is. We know where the family is. We know what concerns there are. We know, do we need to get the family out and get them home? Are they better off to stay put where they are? And if they are, do they have all of the resources and things that they need to be safe and secure? But knowing what to do when those things hit you, of course, you can't know everything because, you Mm -hmm. you know, stuff happens and you get surprises all the time when you're dealing with kids. But just basically feeling comfortable and confident that Make-A-Wish has got it covered so that everything that that might happen we're ready for that's right that's absolutely uh, right. i think that is important for parents to know and families to know if they're going to want to get in touch with y'all and speaking of getting in touch with you if a family uh wants to is interested in not only just their their kids or one of their family members doing just talking to you about it but interested even more importantly in volunteering or helping out to make one of these wishes come true, maybe getting involved, and this is the way that they give back to their community. Uh, they may have kids that have been through something like this, and they want to see if they can help somebody else avoid some of the issues that their kids went through. How do they go about getting in touch with you The or make a wish? Yeah, so uh, I think the best way to get in touch with us is through some of our online and, and digital channels. So our website is Georgia, spelled out georgia.wish.org and then we're active on all of the the social media uh, streams as well Uh, on facebook at make-a-wish ga uh, twitter at make-a-wish ga uh, and then also same for instagram and then also i would invite people to check out our youtube channel as well Um, zayden's story uh, as well as a number of other stories are all out there and posted as well and if you if you're looking for uh, a few minutes to uh, start to feel and experience a little about a little bit about what we do. Um, we've got some great stories out there that will uh, um, they'll tug at your heartstrings a little bit, but they'll make you they'll make you feel good. I, I share them with my my kids all the time, and uh, they go back and request certain ones to see. But uh, it's fantastic, and it's important. And you mentioned the um, you know we're always looking for volunteers. Exactly. I, I mentioned we have a pipeline of more than 800 kids in Georgia. I have 89 kids just in Gwinnett County who are waiting for their wishes to be granted. So we want to make sure that we get to those. Um, Because as we said earlier, you know, we we talked about the joy and the sense of normalcy that these wishes provide. But the interesting thing is there's actually medical research that's being conducted today Mm -hmm. that starts to look at something, you know, you said it earlier, something we all intuitively know that perhaps, you know, you don't have to cure to heal. And these wishes have a role in perhaps impacting medical outcomes. And so we're starting to look at the scientific side of that. And uh, once that research is out, I think that's going to be pretty exciting for us to know as well. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Is, uh, is Amy Alvarez, a good friend of mine that works for you, is that anything that somebody could get a hold of her if they need to get involved? Uh, yeah, so uh, Amy Alvarez is fantastic she is my vice president of marketing in communications and uh, you know if anyone's on top of monitoring the social media channels amy is she's on she's on there as well so we can reach out to amy and the rest of we got a wonderful team at make-a-wish georgia uh, and every one of them is there ready to to help out whether it's a family volunteer or just anyone in the community that wants to get involved 
Well, Tim, I appreciate very much the opportunity to, to share your information here with us and the people listening. And hopefully a lot of people will hear this. A lot of people will get motivated to see, reach out and see if there's some way that they can help. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Securities. And remember that you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com and clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, then click on Case in Point. Thanks to my guest, Tim Early, for, uh, our, and our, for our producers, Mike and Trey. I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. <laughs>